This is the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jags Radio, Jaguars.com, and our social channels, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. It's Friday, April 21st, and we're one week, less than one week now, to the NFL Draft. Plenty of pre-draft talk coming up, but it was also week one of the off-season program for the veterans. And we heard from three Jaguars players at the podium speaking with the media earlier this week, including quarterback Trevor Lawrence. On the Huddle Up podcast Wednesday afternoon, Bucky Brooks, John Osher, and I recapped the comments from the third-year signal caller. There are some expectations from outside the building Bucky but you know Trevor said it we'll hear from him coming up you know they they can't worry about the outside expectations it's about carrying what they did and moving on and getting better week to week yeah it's always about that uh it has to be an emphasis on the Jags it can't be about anybody else this offseason has to be about finding a way to be better than they were last year the last time we saw them and even though we can uh, express satisfaction in the fact that they made the postseason, they won the division, are still a lot of room to improve. And so uh, this year, the, the bar will be raised. I think Doug Peterson and company will certainly raise the bar because uh, this team has big-time potential. And so now it's about pushing them to see if they can realize their potential next season. Trevor Lawrence on the expectations from the outside and turning them off. Last year didn't end the way we wanted it to. So it's, you know, obviously it was a good year for, for our team, for the city, for this organization, but there's more out there. And I think we've set a new standard of, you know, who we're going to be, the team we're going to be, and we got to start that way this year. And so that's the mindset, I think. We don't really think about those expectations much because all we can do is just try to keep getting better. And we know, for us, we feel like that's the floor. So, I mean, that's really the only like expectations we think of that you know for ourselves, but I just don't think it's good to pay attention to that stuff more from the quarterback Trevor Lawrence earlier on Wednesday and for the first time in his NFL career he's not having to learn a brand new offense this offseason there's some I guess comfort in knowing that I already know the system and our guys our core group of guys already know obviously you know you got Calvin um, and some guys up front and then you know some some new running backs all of that that need to get up to speed but that'll happen and we have so much time to do it I think it was nice this offseason being able to focus you know a little bit more just on the physical side of you know training and, and getting my body right especially after a long year you know with some just lingering you know maybe injuries little stuff from the season so had a chance to take a little break help some of that heal up and then really just you know work on my body and obviously prepping and and there's things you know you watch tape and you figure out some of the weaknesses from last year individually as an offense some of the strengths so you kind of figure out the stuff that you want to work on I was able to focus more on that than all right I got a whole new system I have to learn and I don't really you know have to kind of start from scratch so it was nice having that comfort of knowing you know I know the system and that's not an obstacle I'm going to have to really face this year but now it's just how do we take that next step you know for myself and for the offense. Bucky, he said a key word there, comfort. That's a a big step in the right direction when you can just walk into a place. Now you have that comfort level and you can build upon things offensively. Yeah, comfort is everything. And so being in the same offense back-to-back years would certainly help him. Uh, The familiarity in terms of the language, uh, the familiarity with the players around him, and even the coaching staff, that should allow him to play better. And then the big thing is now that Doug Peterson knows exactly who he's working with, what the strengths and weaknesses are, you now can begin to expand the offense, making sure that you extenuate the strengths, you minimize the weaknesses, and you always put number 16 in a position to succeed. This should be a lot of fun to continue to see how they kind of push the envelope over the course of the offseason until we have an opportunity to watch the final product in September. It doesn't grab headlines, JP, because we don't have proof. But 
when you ask me where can they improve the most as a football team in the offseason, meaning you talk about the draft, you talk about free agency, you talk about comings and goings, Juwan Taylor leaving, other people coming, that improvement, the ability for this offense to go from what they were to keep improving under Trevor uh, or under Trevor and Doug, that's where they're going to make their biggest improvement. If this offense improves like you think it should, uh, the addition of Ridley will help. But Lawrence's growth, him going from a year two quarterback to a year three, you know, they weren't that far from being Super Bowl champions last That's year. True. Trevor Lawrence taking a jump, being consistent one more series a game, six more points a game, that's where they're really going to get better. The other stuff beyond the quarterback position on this team, it's nice. You have to support it. He's the story. The Huddle Up podcast available now on the official Jaguars podcast network and jaguars.com. It runs each Wednesday. Let's move now to wide receiver Calvin Ridley. He visited with the Jacksonville media for the first time since his reinstatement by the NFL, and he's very confident in his ability to return to form after nearly two full seasons away from football. Man, if I'm being real and being honest, it's like I've been good at football all my life. Not to be – I'm trying to be humble, you know. Like, like I said, I've been pretty good at football all my life, and I've not only been good, I also worked to be good. And, you know – they say two years off, but what about the, the healing process that I got to be with, with that time off? How, what about what if I got faster? What if I got stronger? Obviously, I got wiser. Why, why can't I be better? So I, I kind of look at it like that. Obviously, you know, two years off, I got to go through I mean, the tightness, the leg tightness. I got to go through all the, 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 the crap. But, I mean, I, I, I see myself being a good player. I do. In an article he wrote for the Players' Tribune, he talked about being a 1,400-yard receiver, and he explained that mindset again Wednesday. I am a 1,400-yard type of player. God is going to determine what type of stats I am going to have, and, you know, football is not just, you know, football is serious. I mean, you don't just play 17 games straight and think you're going to be in every one of them and playing healthy in all of them. So what I'm saying is, I am a 1,400-yard receiver with a broke foot. You know what I'm saying? Sure. That's what I'm saying. So I know that I can make the plays, and I know that I'm one of the better receivers in this league. That's what I'm saying. Finally at the podium, defensive captain Foye Aluakun, the Jaguars linebacker who led the league in tackles last season. But he still has plenty of adjustments to make entering year two in the Jags' defensive scheme. It's really understanding the scheme, understanding my teammates next to me, and then we can all communicate together. So it's not, um, you know, I've been in the league a long time. It's not me communicating what I'm seeing, what I'm anticipating. It's kind of bouncing ideas off each other before the play, seeing what we're seeing even during the play. So all these guys coming under, expect this guy coming over. You know what I'm saying? So kind of the experience that we all have of playing together and then within the same scheme, being able to play faster, being one step ahead of where we were last year. Because I definitely want to improve on what I did last year as a defense, what we did last year. We got to make more things happen. The full player press conference is available now on Jaguars.com or the Jaguars YouTube channel. The Jaguars are locked in for 2023. The thrill of a win and electricity of the fans make game day at the bank an experience like no other. So join your friends, family, and fellow diehards by becoming a Jaguars season ticket member. The fun is here, and you don't want to miss out. Visit jaguars.com tickets or call 904-633-2000. 
In a moment, GM Trent Baalke and head coach Doug Peterson with their final public comments before the 2023 NFL Draft. Plus, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah gives us some options for the Jags at number 24 overall. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank and the third annual Jacksonville Taco and Margarita Festival returns to the bank Saturday. Check out the best food truck serving up an amazing variety of tacos, margaritas, tequila, and yes, ice cold cerveza. Fun for the whole family, live music, kids activities, and so much more. GA and VIP tickets available at TIAABankField.com. Now for the pre-draft comments from GM Trent Baalke and head coach Doug Peterson. They both spoke at the pre-draft media luncheon Thursday at the bank, and new team reporter Kai Stevens and I recapped some of the highlights on Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Thursday afternoon. Today, though, the annual pre-draft media luncheon. Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson speaking with the media, but they didn't really say a whole lot at all. It's a tradition really unlike any other, but Baalke on the balance of value versus need in the draft, especially in round one. You're still setting the board based on value, and then once it's play, once you've got the board set on value, then you start looking at the needs. You don't want to push players up the board value-wise just because you have a need at that position, but you know, I've been doing this a while now, and most of the time the value and need come together. You know, very few times have I looked at the board and said, whoa, there's just no value at the position of need that we have. You know, sometimes it's a little, it might be a card off, but it's still close enough where you can address the need. And he went on to say, Kai, a little later, you know, later in the draft, you might be able to push up a little further on need. Hey, we really kind of need an extra player at this position. Let's go get this guy in the mm-hmm. fifth, sixth, seventh round. But early, hey, it is a balance, and usually it does come together. He's been at this, as he said, for a long time, long time GM in San Francisco. So he understands how a board can fall, and you just have to be patient at 24, too. That's the other trick of this thing. And it's a little bit different for him, right? Because this is the fourth draft that he's had, but you know, you're know you not at the top of the list this time because you guys had such a great season last year. So picking at this position, obviously these are the meat, and you know that's the meat of your roster, right? These mid-round guys, not necessarily late first round, but I'm curious to see which way they go with it. Obviously, there's still the option that you might trade back and get a couple more picks out of it, and he's not going to tell us, of course, so we can just hypothesize about that all day. Yeah, well, he's not he's not scared to pull the trigger on a trade mm-hmm. on draft day. He's done that throughout his career, both in San Francisco and in Jacksonville. Well, uh, he also mentioned today that there is a pretty specific number of players they are truly considering in this draft. A little bit of a surprise from Balky. You know, we have a specific way we set up the board. So, well, it sounds like 127. There's there's more numbers baked in there. Those are the 127 that we really feel fit the culture we want and fit the value that we have placed on them. And really, uh, you know, all the stars align. There's other, there's other fallbacks that we would go to, 
but really we're picking from 127. Yeah, and those are, as he said, perfect prospects in their eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Players uh, on the field, tape, numbers to go with that, culture fits. Those are the perfect prospects that you really want. And what there's, uh, how many picks there are? 200, uh, late oh, 200s gosh, yeah. picks. Um, 127 they're truly considering. Interesting. It, it's mind-boggling when you actually think about it because you got to be like, how have you seen that many players and actually like know or think that they would fit in well? But I guess, I mean, a lot of it's guesswork when you get into the later rounds, of course. Um, in terms of the top talent, these guys are so talented, right? So it feels like I can't miss, and obviously there are misses, but the talent in the first couple of rounds, it's just, you know, picking which one you want. Yeah, and, you know, and then – he was asked about this too. Doug Peterson was asked about this, and at the end there, Balky was talking about, hey, you know, there are some other things we can go to if one of the guys doesn't fall in those one twenty-seven. <laughs> Do they fit in the culture of the locker room? Well, Doug Peterson was asked about that. If for some reason there's something missing there, the locker room kind of handles it themselves. Our scouts do an outstanding job of. of you know, uh, spending time with players and family members and, as Trent said, coaches and anybody we can talk to to get answers on, on, on players. And, and uh, so we feel like the, the ones that are on the board are all great fits for us, you know. And, and uh, um, again, our, but our locker room can absorb that and, and uh, you know, they either buy in or they won't be here. That's 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 a fact. That's for sure. And this locker room is is fantastic. Obviously, the last couple of years of free agency, some veteran players, drafted guys who've come in to lead the way. So, you better fit in, or uh, if you don't, you will quickly. And if not, you're out of here in a hurry too. Trent said the same thing, right? He was like, "There's tons of people that are talented, but they're just not going to fit in here." And that's really important to them. Obviously, what they've been able to do in just one season since Doug's been here, and they returned a lot of that core. So you'll have that set up, ready to go for whoever the rookies end up being. And since it's like a strong core that's returning, that is not going to let anybody mess with the culture. They should be pretty much set. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio airs Thursday at four o'clock on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Let's close this week with a piece of my conversation with NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. He was an area scout for three different NFL teams in his career and now has been a longtime analyst with NFL Network. He took over the lead draft analyst role when Mike Mayock took the Raiders' GM job some years ago. Jeremiah and I talked through some options for the Jaguars at number 24 overall. It's a much different place to be in the first round than at number one, of course, like the last two years, but the approach to the preparation doesn't change too much. I think it's not as different as maybe people would think. I mean, obviously, 1-1 one, one is different. I mean, that that's a uh, that's a different deal. But the difference between picking 10 and, and picking in the mid-20s I don't think is that great in, in, a, in a year like this one specifically, but also – you know, usually you know who's going to go, you know, in those top picks. You know those names that are going to be gone at that point in time. And I'm sure, you know, the Jags can eliminate probably eight to ten guys that they're fairly certain are going to be gone. And they could narrow their focus for that first-round pick on, on 10 to 15 names. So, you know, whether or not they were picking 10 or picking in the mid-20s, um, yeah, I think the preparation is, is very similar. And they've probably locked in. And uh, at this point in time, I'm sure they know exactly what they're doing, but they probably narrowed that down to three or four guys. They feel pretty good about getting one of them, and uh, maybe there's somebody that's within uh, 
you know, within their, their culture and their belief system that they're high enough on that they would even consider maybe trying to move up a little bit to get. Daniel Jeremiah with us, and we know Trent Baalke's history. He's not afraid to move around in drafts that he has controlled, both in San Francisco and, of course, now in Jacksonville. With the Jaguars, three drafts in his two drafts in control here and a bunch of those in San Francisco, of course. But, you know, they've got the, the draft equity to do some moving. There's three six-round picks. I don't know how much that can equate for a first-round move, though, right? Yeah, no, I, it's it's an interesting draft. Um, it just kind of depends on what you're targeting, and you can find the ammunition, be it in this year's haul or in, or in next year's group, if you want to find the picks to move up. You know, he's, he's got the ammunition to go ahead and get that accomplished. So, um, to me, the only position that would make sense probably on a move up, it w- would be – the tackle position or, you know, if they're looking offensive line, that would be an area you could look to. But outside of that, I mean, um, you know, corners, there's depth, edge rushers, there's depth. Um, you know, there's a lot of different areas they could go uh, just sitting and picking where they are. DJ, let's get into some of these position groups, and you mentioned the offensive line. Let's start off with the idea of tackle. Of course, Jawan Taylor yeah. is in Kansas City and left in free agency, so – you know, they got Walker Little who can play there. Cam Robinson's on the left side. They just got Josh Wells as the swing tackle. He's an older player now, so that could mm-hmm. be a position of need down the line here for this team. So, you know, at 24 or if they move up, a guy like Darnell Wright of Tennessee, is he a guy you could see that deep? Well, yeah, I don't think he'll get there. Um, he's a he's a really good player on tape uh, this year specifically you know if you look at him uh, the year before he was a little up and down this year was very consistent start to finish uh, I mean that to me is going to come down to their belief in Walker Little and and how high they are in, inside the building there of what he's going to continue to grow into and, and be as he's given that opportunity um, but I think this draft is unique in that we've got some kind of some guys that have some inside outside versatility and flexibility you know if you're asking me like, you always look at these different scenarios and say okay who's like a wild card player that nobody's talking about that you could see sneak into the first round um you know, Matthew Bergeron to me is an interesting one uh somebody who can play tackle can play guard uh I know teams are trying to find that flexibility uh, now when you deal with a 17 game season you're going to have guys in and out of the lineup you know to have guys that can you know play inside can play outside uh man there's a lot of value there at this point in time so um, you know, I go through the Jags and look at, you know, where the priority would be. I still think corner is going to be sky high. You know, you look at defensive tackle, um, it's somebody, an area they could address. And then, you know, looking at, uh, you know, adding, continue to add more and more weapons. I, I think all these teams in the AFC, and you saw it, you saw it up close uh, last year in the playoffs. Like, you can't have enough firepower uh, when you've got the kind of the, the, the Patrick Mahomes, uh, the ghost of Patrick Mahomes out there, knowing what it's going to take to knock them off in the postseason. If you've got a really good offense, you, you, you still want more. Everybody's aiming for 30 points per game. That's what it's going to take. Uh, that that was the, the league high, of course, last season. Daniel Jeremiah with us, NFL Network. Let's touch on some of those corners now, though. I know you mentioned firepower, yeah. but this is a – a group in Jacksonville that doesn't have Shaq Griffin anymore. He was banged up last season. Now he's gone. Darius Williams, good player, 30 years of age, though, now, and moved outside towards the end of the season, played a little better there. We'll see what his future in the long term holds, and they love Tyson Campbell. So the last mock I think you had, I know there's so many mocks out there, DJ, but the (laughs) the last one you had I think had Deontay Banks from Maryland to the Jaguars. What kind of player is he, and what else could be in play there for, for a cornerback? 
Yeah, I mean, Banks is height, weight, speed. He's big. He's physical. Um, he's somebody that can play in a variety of techniques. You want to let him get up in your face, he can do that. He can play press man. He's pretty fluid and smooth and off coverage. So um, he's, a, he's a really, really good football, football player. And I think that's about the range of where he goes. I think he ends up going in the 20s when it's all said and done. Um, Emmanuel Forbes is kind of a wild card just because of the size his tape is outstanding um, coming out of Mississippi State. So, you know, you look what he can bring from a playmaking standpoint. You know, he's got six career pick sixes, has been talked about a bunch. Um, but this guy's as good a playmaking uh, corner as we've seen. So if you're in Jacksonville, you anticipate this offense being dynamic and being explosive. And, uh, you know, you want to play with the lead, somebody that can go get the football. Uh, Forbes would probably even be a better fit from that standpoint if you're going to compare those two guys really really good football players um but i actually really like the fit with forbes there as well the full conversation with daniel jeremiah available now on jaguars.com and jaguars youtube that's it for this week thanks for listening on jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or on the official jaguars podcast network that's on iHeartRadio, itunes spotify or wherever you download your podcast and of course we love the feedback so leave us a comment and a five-star rating Have a great weekend, and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast, presented by TIAA Bank.